Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist. Here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach, and trainer, Michael Lafito. Hey, folks, it's Michael Lafito. Welcome to the Luxury Listing Podcast, the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Michael Lafito. You are in the right place if you're looking to dominate selling high end and luxury homes, even if you're a beginning agent or you're a seasoned veteran. Last week, I was just doing a training down in Texas, and there's an agent who's 70 years old. She's been in the business 45 years, sells 100 homes a year, and she sat through my Luxury Listing Specialist certification class. So, whether you're on that side of things, you're a 40-year veteran or you're a newbie agent, you are at the right place if you're looking to dominate high-end and luxury homes. And I'm really excited about today's guest. Uh, she is a 11-year veteran who averages anywhere from about 150 to 200 million in volume um, in in the Beverly Hills, uh, Hollywood, Brentwood area out in California. Average transaction size is around $7 million. And um, with that being said, Rochelle, welcome to the welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here today. Well, uh, I know you're busy. Uh, you're successful, so blocking off time to help and bring value to other agents. I, I really not you know tip my cap to you. And um, how do you pronounce your last name? Last name is Mays. So it's Rochelle Atlas Mays. Mays. Okay. Um, and I thought it was. I just want to make sure my last name is Lafito, but people butcher it, so I always am sensitive to that. So, um, and Rochelle, at the end, we'll uh, of course, uh, um, I want you to provide your contact information for all the listeners if they have a referral out by you. But I'm really ex- excited about today's show. Again, we have top agents from across the world on this show, influencers, and um, your stories. You came into real estate after about a 15-year career in wealth management. You were a vice president of a well-known investment firm in Beverly Hills. You advised many high net worth individuals, uh, and then you got into real estate, and you've been in the business for about 11 years. Um, if you don't mind sharing um, with with the listeners um, why the switch, what was intriguing about uh, real estate, particularly luxury real estate um, from the wealth management side of things? So really good question. I retired from wealth management, loved it, and tried to be the stay-at-home mom and did that for a little while, fundraised for my kids' school, and then just got really kind of bored. Um, I've always invested in real estate for myself and um, got my real estate license and really wasn't doing anything with it. And um, met another mom at my children's school, and we decided to to start working at Vermont and Associates, and um, and it kind of just went from went from there. And so what happened was because it started off kind of as a hobby and and nothing real serious, is that um, we I was able to gain kind of instant credibility. I had a friend um, ask for some advice. Uh, from a on a monetary standpoint, the value um, of, of a property, and I was just extremely honest, um, and I could take 
properties and, and comparables, and it was just super easy for me to do a monetary valuation correctly and really just tell them, you know what, it's not worth it, don't buy it, or it, you know, it, you have to get this, it, it, it's priced so low. And so that honesty immediately translated into immediate respect, and people began referring me other people because they just loved the way that I worked with them, and it just kind of grew and grew and grew. So uh, that's a that's a great story. So again, honesty, being direct, not telling people what they want to hear, no matter if it's the entry level, middle tier, upper end, or luxury. You know, being transparent, being honest with people. I mean, it, it, I tell people all the time. You know, it's a really a people, it's a relationship business. And so even for the higher end, the luxury end, the side of things, being honest with them, being able to advise them, right? Looking at not just as a real estate agent. Many people look at real estate agents, Rochelle, as salespeople. The salespeople are trying to sell you something if you don't want it. But no, what you're telling the, the listeners is no telling them, hey, this is not a good investment. And you actually earn their trust more by saying that. They're like, wow, man, she really cares for me long term. Is that correct? Exactly. It speaks volumes for, for you and your credibility, and, and it gains instant credibility. And so I kind of figured out early on that people really were in need of this, that, that there was a lot of agents out there just kind of selling and just doing anything they could to sell something. And I just kind of came in and said, no, uh, it doesn't make sense, or, or yes. And and also learned that you, you really need to know or specialize kind of in, in an area. And so I off the bat, um, you know, figured out you're going to do the same amount of work or the same amount of business for whatever area that you're going into. Why not start in a flat, an affluent one? Because, it, you know, you're opening an escrow, you're, you're, you're doing inspections. Why not do it at a, a higher price? And yeah. so like, like anything, you, you need to become an expert. So how do you, how do you just become an expert in something? And it's really putting the time into, learning the inventory and knowing it. And so I would then just go to every, you know, without clients, just go to every open house, know every property and, um, you know, pay to play. I mean, you just really put your time and just emerge myself in, in everything in Beverly Hills to learn it and um, just picked it up quickly um, and had a very good memory. So I, Someone could say the name of an address, and I could picture the house in my mind and know the lot size and the square footage, and if it had been redone or not. So, spent a lot that's, of time doing that. That's very impressive. Um, you know, it sounds like you got a photograph memory, and, and you really know your numbers. And that's one of the things that we talk about when I train and we do the certification: is own your numbers. One of the ways that you can build confidence is if you if you own the numbers. Again, my, maybe somebody said, "Man, I hear the Hollywood market is is, is smoking. It's a seller's market." Well, at some price point, no matter if it's in Beverly Hills or Brentwood or Rochester, New York, or you know wherever the heartland of the USA, at some price point, I tell people all the time. Michelle, it, be, it, it makes the shift from a seller's market to a buyer's market. Now, maybe in your market, it's 25 million plus, but maybe in Rochester, New York, it's 600 grand plus. So no matter where you are as a listener today, first off, you might say, well, man, she's got a $7 million average price point. You know, we don't even have $3 million listings. So it's all relative. So don't beat yourself up. Don't think you can't sell high-end homes because I defined high-end, Rochelle, as two times whatever the market average sale price is. And I define 
define luxury as three times. So you might not be prepared for this, but just if you had to guesstimate, what is the average sale price in those markets that you work? The average, not yours, but the overall market average. In Beverly Hills or L.A.? Well, it could be, you know, yeah, Beverly Hills, Brentwood, the, the Beverly Hills, Hollywood, L.A. I know it's all it changes, but if you were to say, yeah, pick one, just pick one and say, um, hey. Average sales price in, in Beverly Hills, in all of Beverly Hills, is about uh, four and a half to five million. And actually just did some numbers on it. That's funny you say that. Um, price per square foot. Average price per square foot in the last since night since 2015 is is about uh, 1,550 a square foot in Beverly Hills. It's crazy. Okay. It's, it's a high number. All right, so, so let's just use four and a half million for the listeners as the average. So I would define luxury in that case around 13 and above, and I would define uh, high end as nine million and above for that definition. Now, if I'm talking to someone in Rochester, New York, where the average sale price is 200,000, I defined high end as 400 and luxury as 600. So it's all relative. So for those listeners, I don't want you to discredit what Rochelle's saying because her average sale price is 7 million. She obviously is bringing a t- tons of value. And that's why we have her on the show today. And she sometimes calls herself a marketing maven, which I love, by the way. When you told me that offline, I just just, I wrote it down because, Rochelle, I tell agents all the time, don't think like a real estate agent. Think like a marketer. And so if you wouldn't mind maybe sharing like one nugget, the, the, the number one nugget that comes to mind, if I were to ask you, um, what's the one marketing strategy you find to be most effective for selling high-end homes? And if you have two, that's fine, too. But what would that that, that big nugget that you would share with? Yeah, I think that there's a formula in selling a home successfully, no matter if it's a couple hundred thousand and, or $25 million. And, of course, you're going to have to throw in more bells and whistles for the $25 million. But what, you, what is consistent, I think, and, and I do for, for all my listeners, is you don't, you don't want to dilute a property, um, you know, uh, in the beginning. And so what that means is you also want to present a property in, in the best way. So... Uh, I see a lot of agents that will just throw properties on our MLS system and whatnot. They don't have the pictures on yet. They just put it on. There's not a good description. That's not doing anyone a, a, a service. So what I think is very important is like uh, it, it, I consider it like a girl going to a prom. You, you don't you don't put her out there until she has her hair, makeup done, and, and her jewels and her gown. And it's like and I and it's a kind of analogy I use with a house. I'm not going to let anyone step in that house or put it on the market in, until the pictures are taken, the descriptions written correctly, the, 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 you know, the higher end, the droning's done, the VR's done, and it does not go on the system. No one walks through that door until it is ready to go. So you don't have, you don't have a, a bad impression. You have one chance to make a first impression with somebody, and it's got to be good to, to do it correctly, no matter if it's 100000 or $25 million. You know, that you bring up a good point. Um, first impressions. We talk about that all the time. First impressions. I find many agents, I don't know if it's a scarcity mindset, Rochelle, where they're worried that, heck, I better get it on the market. Maybe they'll change their mind and go with someone someone else or what. But going to market, I have a property that I'm going to market next week as we speak. It's uh, going to be about $5.7 million. And for Chicago, that, that's, you know, Chicagoland market where I'm based as an agent. You know, that's 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 high end. So, you know, we had three sales above five million last year 
for the entire Chicagoland market. Now, you probably want to you know, spit your coffee out when, and laugh at that, but, but it's a very difficult market for those high ends. We've taken over three months to go to market to get this house ready. So we neutralized, we painted, the, 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 it had green kitchen cabinets where that's very taste specific. So we want to cater to the majority. And so what I hear you say is don't rush the process. If it takes, I always tell people, they say, when do you want to get the home on the market? I said, I want to get on as fast as possible without rushing the process. So as soon as the home is ready for the photos and the videos and everything has been properly positioned, I use the word position, that's when we'll come out with the photos. Is that, is that fair to say you have that same philosophy? Yes, 100 percent. And, um, you know, I had a very interesting uh, situation happen about a few months ago with somebody that came and they were interviewing me for uh, the listing. They interviewed four agents. And and this property um, was an original 1927 home in the Beverly Hills Flats. And everyone said, you know, just put it on the market as quickly as you can. It's a, it's a hot market. You'll sell it. You'll get, you know, five, nine, whatever it was, and put it on, put it on, put it on. I came in and I said, you know, they said, how can we get the most money? I said, well, truly, if you'll work with me, I can help. I could bring a painter and I change the lighting. I bring some current lighting in. It's going to take probably about three or four weeks. I'd re-landscape a bit. If you have a little bit of a budget, I would do that, stage it. I'd be happy to oversee it. And I think that you could probably get about another three or $400,000 out of it. And what it will do for you is when people come in here and see a property in the original form, you're talking about developers that are going to want to tear it down and look at it that way. When you update it a little bit and stage it, you then bring the mindset of somebody that says, you know what, I could just lightly do some things and live here. And so you have that whole other pool of people that you're going to hit. And so they were very impressed by that. They, they ended up hiring me. I oversaw a transition, and um, we ended up going on the market. We had 11 offers, and I, and I was achieved 400000 over asking price. And they were thrilled. And so... It just goes to show, yeah, the easy way would have been, you know, just throw it on the market and, and do that. But it took a little bit of elbow, elbow grease and work that it was so gratifying to know that I had this vision and I made it come true for them. And they, you know, this was, a, this was our biggest asset. That's the other thing. You have to remember with a home, that's usually somebody's biggest asset. So it, it's very serious. And you want to take that and do everything you can to, to gain yeah, uh, you know the the best price for them, and and that's what I did. That's awesome. Um, and if I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you this question, but for those listeners that heard what Rochelle talked about, that is a success story, and I guarantee you, you have success stories or case studies. And so, if I had that success story that Rochelle has, what I would do is I'd create a case study with before and after photos. What I would do is I'd talk about how they interviewed three other agents. They wanted to go to market, but the client listened to me. I advised them throughout the process. It took us an additional blank number of weeks, but we got them 11 offers. It went for 400 grand, and I would leverage the heck out of that and monetize that because, again, now you're not just a salesperson. You're a consultant. You are differentiating yourself from the competition, which leads me to my next question. You know, when and they interviewed four or five people, and you you, you explain this um, to them. What what's something that makes you different from the competition? Why should somebody hire you, Ro- Rochelle? At Norm, is it Normand and Associates, right? Right. 
Well, it's, uh, it's so funny. So I think we, we, we think alike here. Number one, right after that happened, I did a testimonial video of, of that whole thing and, and have it so and, and marketed it that way. So, so that's funny that you said awesome. that. So that, that actually happened. Number two, I, um, I try and go outside of the box. I have an incredible over-the-top listing presentation, and I'm always looking for the next big thing, the way to change it, and how to present something. And so where people were just going in with paper, I would go in and with beautifully bound books for presentations. I've done mm-hmm. dimensional things. I've, um, I've branded my own VR goggles and brought those into people, and I'm working on something right now, which is the new latest and greatest, which I can't talk about because it's, it's not there yet. Awesome. But I'm always looking for something different to be that standout. In fact, when I market, I uh, started doing this maybe six years ago, I was one of the first people in LA. They have a big thing with food trucks. It's, it's uh, people, you know, eat lunch, and there's very famous kind of food trucks. And I started hiring them for my open houses. And so I would advertise, you know, come look at my house. You can, I'll, I'll buy you lunch. And um, so people would, and, and in Beverly Hills, it's not hard to sell homes if you're priced correctly. But yet I would continue to do this. And agents would come, and they're so happy, but they say, I don't understand. Why are you spending, why are you spending the money for these food trucks when you don't have to? What, you know, why do you do this? And I said, I'll tell you why. Because today there's three deals that was made at that truck, and people are talking, and they're making, they're making deals. And that's all good. There's so much business to be had, and there's so much for everybody. So why not embrace it and let it happen? On the, on the flip side, when one of those agents has a listing, and I'm representing a buyer, who, who do you think they're going to be happy to do business with? Yeah. And so it just comes back to you. So what you put out there comes back. Think of something fun and different. Make it a creative, fun business because it, it really is. And I, I have a lot of fun with it. And I'm always trying to do something different. But I'm also out there trying to engage other people and, and work together because there's, there's no reason not to. Yeah, I love what you said. There's a couple big nuggets I want to repeat because they're important. First thing you talked about was differentiation. I talk about it all the time. When everyone showed up with this, you showed up with that. When people go left, you go right. I talk about it all the time. The first rule of thumb of marketing is be memorable, stand out, get people's attention. And sounds like your listing presentations are just that. Be memorable, show up differently. I tell people, if you're female, show up with a, a, man, a guy on your team or a guy from your office. If you're a guy, show up with a girl. I used to show up with my interior designer and bring value. Um, and I, I just recently, I put up actually this week, a property on the market for $3.9 million, And I was interviewing an agent who was thinking about joining my team. And it was a two and a half hour listing presentation, Rochelle. And she said, you never went into your presentation because I'm a big disc personality profile guy. And this guy just wanted to talk. He wanted to brag. He wanted to show off. And I pre-sold him ahead of time with our pre-listing packet. And so I didn't need to formally open up my folder and go through everything. And so I just talked and listened. I got the listing. I'm by far not going to be the cheapest guy that he interviewed, but he didn't even you know hesitate because he saw the value. And I tell people all the time, and I know based on our conversations, you can appreciate this. People don't care how much you know or I know until they know we care. So you got to build that rapport. And even though I'm more of a driver, bottom line guy, you got to slow down and build that rapport because you'll lose that listing 
with to another agent that might be I call part-time Patty or part-time Paul or or Debbie Dinosaur or Debbie Dan, you'll lose that listing opportunity to them if they build more rapport and you you lose that important step. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. So, yeah, um, 100%. It, it's uh, 100%. So I, I've always tried to do something kind of different and, um, you know, I've lost listings because of it, but I think I've gained more than lost. And um, I, I don't want to be mainstream. Um, no. That's just not who I am. That's not, I love it. I love it. So you're, that's why you're the, mar- you're the marketing maven. <laughs> exactly. It's easier for... So, uh, yeah. Now, last thing that I wanted to ask you, and then I'll um, open it up to you for any other nuggets that you feel um, you'd like to share, is, um, you know, particularly you're in a marketplace where, you you know, th- th- there's a lot of movement there. But for some of these agents that perhaps have a stale listing, something's not moving, you know, like, for example, I have a, in my marketplace, there's one to two years of supply in a million dollar plus marketplace so you know what do you do for a, a called stale or property that's not moving what, what what do you what do you personally do or what do you recommend to those listeners if you have a property that's it's not moving you're not getting the activity you want you know what's your big nugget that you can share um well a couple things it's um I, i'm always getting feedback and so i i, I always you know keeping up feedback with agents and Basically, the, the market right now here is price-driven, and if you are not moving, it, it, it's because of price. And so what I do is I will take the, take it off, the property off the market and refresh it and put it immediately back on, meaning I'll either take new pictures or change the way the website looks. When I put it back on, you know, I, I, I change the, the pictures that are up first. You have 30 seconds to engage somebody looking on the Internet. If you don't catch their attention... In that first 30 seconds, they're gone. So when they're going on your listing, you don't want that same picture coming up that's in there for four months that they've seen before. Because I could t- I could tell a picture and I know the address if I'm looking at an area. Take it off the system. Uh, just tweak it a bit. Change the website. Change the way that you're putting the photos on. Bring the price down uh, more effectively. And do uh, do different types of advertising. Change the, the way that you've done it. It's stale. It's obviously not working, so switch it up. Um, just those little things right there will do it. A little bit of a price dec- uh, decrease is going to send another email on, on any um, uh, system, be, be it the MLS or whatever networking system with what city you're living in. So when you do a, a price change, it then spits it out again and it puts in front of agent's face rather than things still on the market. So there could be a new agent looking in your area that just never really bothered to look at old stuff. They're only looking at new stuff. By changing it a little bit, it's going to get right in front of their eyes. Yeah, great ideas. Um, I, I, I implement everything that you talked about. Uh, our MLS, you can cancel literally at 12.18 p.m. and relist at 12.19. And uh, it will wipe the slate clean. It will show up as day one. It doesn't show cumulative days, but we are in a Zillow world. Um, so, of course, those websites show the cumulative days on the market. But 
you hit the nail on the head. Maybe the way you're positioning the home through the main photo or some of the inside photos isn't effective. I always tell agents, listen, imagine somebody's got ADD. You use 30 seconds. So they have 30 seconds or they have, listen, if the first couple pictures aren't, you know, drawing them in, if you're not accentuating the best features, the unique features, they're not going to look at the 13th, 14th, and 15th picture, you know. So you 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 hit some points that I believe on. Now, I'm going to open this up to you. Um, and, and is there a question I should have asked you? Or is there something that you want to leave someone with, some kind of nugget that maybe we didn't cover on this call, Rochelle? Um, I think you covered a lot. The only other thing that I, I could say is like for older agents or whatever that are kind of scared at, uh, for changing or trying different mediums, you have to remember that our world, and as you put it, is very much like marketing. And you're, you're, you are in a marketing world. So as that marketing is changing, you have to change that to help your clients. So that means now you've got to be on Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook, but you're not comfortable with it. Hire somebody that is to do it for you. You've you got you to be current, and you, got, and you have to be able to get those, those uh, properties out there. Um, and most importantly, have fun. Like I... Like I uh, I, I've done here, I, I try and specialize in, in Beverly Hills, and I, you know, came up with my own hashtag. My name's Rochelle, so I do hashtag 9021row instead of 90210. Do something clever, and it, and it makes you stand out, just, but have fun with it. And, and I, just, I just want to emphasize that, that, you know, trying to, it's, it's a fun business, it's marketing, and, and trying to take a, take a risk. Not everything, not everything's going to always work, but if you don't, tr- Try something different. You're never going to succeed. I don't think. That that that's great advice. Um, again, I really appreciate your time. Um, you're doing some amazing things out there. Keep it up. I love your enthusiasm. I love the fact that you're willing to try new things. For anyone that might have a referral out in Hollywood, um, Beverly Hills, Brentwood area, um, what's the best way to, to they can reach you? Um, call me on my cell phone three one zero nine six eight. 8828 or my website is com. Instagram is hashtag 9021row. There you go. That's awesome. Uh, again, uh, another great episode of Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast. Again, you're looking to break into high-end homes. You're looking to dominate and differentiate yourself. You know, tune in. We're you know, I'm, I'm really excited. We got some really good episodes coming up, and we're about to launch our Facebook group. And if you are interested in taking your business to the next level, make sure you go to luxurylistingspecials.com where you can hear about our certification. My name is Michael Lafito. Make it a great day. Hey there, it's Michael Lafito. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. If you are interested in signing up for our Luxury Listing Specialist Certification, or if you want additional information on how you can dominate selling higher-end homes in your marketplace, make sure you go to luxurylistingspecials.com.